Good morning. We're so excited that you're here with us today, those of you outside, everybody online. And let me just open by praying. Father, I just thank you so much for what you're doing in these days. And Jesus, I thank you for coming and paying the ultimate price that we could be your sons and daughters. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here, right here, right now. And I give myself to you. Speak through me. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do in this service. Our eyes are on you. Our ears are open to your word, to your truth. And Lord, I pray that you would put a fire in our hearts that would burn passionately for you. And that we would become contagious that everywhere we go, we would bring your truth and your love and the fire and the passion that burns in your heart for us, that we would um, share that with others. And I pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I want to start this morning. Everybody would stand up. I want to, let's read this, this verse together. 2 Timothy 4, 7. Hopefully there will be a slide that will pop up. There it is. So let's declare it all together. Ready? One, two, three. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. Amen. You may be seated. Obviously we're continuing on our sermon series about fighting the good fight. And... I don't know if you guys feel it, but I feel it in the air. I feel the movement and the power of God's presence. In these last several weeks, I just have been feeling it and sensing that we're about to see God break in and move and do some things that maybe we've never even seen before. And so, do you feel the expectancy in the air? Because I'm going to tell you, when God shows up, things happen, and it's explosive. And so um, one of the things that I, as as I was studying, you know, and and I was preparing my heart and, and preparing this message for you, you know, the thing that I really want you to receive today is the wisdom and counsel from God's Word. Because God's Word gives you strategies on how to fight the good fight. I'm going to tell you something. When I was down in Mexico, we started a missionary training school for young people. And this is what we did. We called it a boot camp. And guess what we trained them to do? To read God's word, to pray, and to worship God. Those were the main things. There was some fasting in there and some other things, but I'm going to tell you what those kids did was so amazing. So we had a bunch of, you know, they were, they were kids off the street. And guess what they did with God's word? Because they were passionate about rap music, they took God's word and they began to study it and they began to pray it and then they began to turn it into lyrics that became rap songs. And then we would go out into the basketball courts and we would have a rap concert for all the gangster down there and all the kids who were sniffing glue, 
And, 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 uh, and they would rap these songs. And they would, the kids would come. Because it's the power of God. But you see, here's the thing. First, you got to take the word of God in. You got to put it in your heart. Because that word arms you to fight the good fight. You know, there's several times in the scripture where it says that the the word of God is the sword of the spirit. It's the sword. It's the offensive weapon that we use to fight the good fight. And so this word, it's powerful. It's living. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, and it pierces, and it divides, and it corrects us, and it heals us, and it changes the way we think, and it changes our hearts and our attitudes. So I'm inviting you today. There's, we're going to go through a whole chapter, but I want you to know, and I, what I want you to take away from today is a passion and a hunger to devour the word of God. Because I'm gonna tell you, in October 23rd of 1983, God rocked my world as a 17-year-old young woman. And I began to devour God's word ravenously. That's the only reason I'm standing up here today. Not, it, it's, it doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's just that I have taken this word and I've tried to, I've tried to read it, study it, meditate on it, apply it in my life, and give it away. And so um, I, I, I hope that today that the passion that I have for God's word would become contagious to you and that you would begin to read it and you would begin to use it as the compass for your life. And then it would help you as we're in this moment of fighting the good fight. And you know, as I was reading through, I actually was just like kind of listening and reading and just through, through both, both books, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. And, and this is what I came away with. This is what I hear. I hear the heart of a father, a spiritual father, giving good, wise counsel to a spiritual son. But here is a man that knows that he's reached the end of his race and that he's fought the good fight and that he's he's getting ready to go to the finish line. And this is what I see Paul doing in this section of scripture. He is taking the baton and he's getting ready to pass it to his spiritual son, Timothy. He's passing the baton to the next generation. And I firmly believe that that is our job, especially those of us who are older, who've been around. I mean, I, I was doing the math. I'm like, next year? I'm gonna, it's 40 years I've been a Christian. How is that even possible? I don't even realize I'm that old, you know, but it's just like 40 years, wow. But I feel like, yeah, we need to pass the baton to the next generation. Paul invested in Timothy. He, 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 uh, he lived his life with Timothy. And so as we're going through this, I just want to say that Paul was a man who understood and experienced persecution firsthand. Paul understood the power of the Holy Spirit and the necessity of the truth and the transforming power of God's word. 
And so that's what Paul is passing on to Timothy. Because in a sense, Timothy is, is Paul's successor. He's the one who's going to carry the faith forward. He's the one who is going to, um, to take the torch into the, into the region and continue to build the churches and visit the churches. And, um, and he's basically going to be the one who's advancing God's kingdom in the Roman Empire during the first century. And so that's the first idea that I want you to take away is that Paul is speaking to Timothy because he's getting ready. He's going, here you go, son. You take it from here. You got this because you got the word of God. You got the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and go, go out and, 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 and turn this world upside down. As I pray and dream and decree God's heart over my family, my city, my nation, and the nations of the earth. I have come to realize that it's Christ's body, the church, which will make the difference, will be the solution, will, provo will provoke revival and transformation in every nation on the earth. I am fully convinced, and I know that the people of God, there are people all over this planet who love God passionately, and, and I believe that those people are what's going to bring the hope and the change in every nation on this planet. It's you guys. It's God's church. Um, as I was preparing this message, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Billy Graham. Because this man, this man made a profound impact. He preached the gospel to millions all over the planet. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of the word. And, and so I'm going to spend some time throughout this message, quoting him and honoring the stand that he made as a man of God. And the first quote that I want to share with him, from him comes from um, Day by Day with Billy Graham, and it goes like this. The secret strength of a nation is found in the faith that abides in the hearts and the homes of the country. Let that sink in. Do you understand that what makes this nation strong is the faith in your heart? It's the faith in your home. That's what makes this nation strong. And that goes for all the nations of the earth. We're going to continue on the sermon series, Fight the Good Fight. Um, and I entitled this series, Fight the Good Fight with the Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So let's jump into our portion today. We're going to be looking at 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. And um, 
we're going to just look at um, verses 1 through 4. So if you have your Bible, and it's, it'll be up here on the screen too. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, puffed up with pride, love pleasure, pleasure rather than God, and they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So, Paul begins this chapter with kind of like some bad news, you know, like, hey, you know, in the last days, there's some difficult times are going to come. I don't know, I've been reading this, this portion of scripture for, for like, you know, probably 30 years, and I would say it perfectly describes our culture. I don't know if you guys, you know, if you guys think about that, but I, I mean, I, I, look, at, um, I look at magazines um, I look at, you know, movies, you look on social media, and, and a lot of what is, is, is spoken here in this section of scripture, you see it, right? Like I, had, I put up there a Fortune, Fortune magazine, right? For, think about the title, Fortune. It's all about money. How, how are you going to make, make fortune? And... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blast Jeff because he does it to me all the time, so I figure, you know, it's payback time. Um, it was really awesome. You know, when Jeff was a young, young man, you know, teenager, a young man, he, he, said, he said, I want to make a million dollars, you know, and I want to teach other people how to do it. And uh, that, was, uh, that was Jeff's dream. It, was not, it wasn't a bad dream, but I love how what God has done in Jeff's life. And I love how Jeff has taken that, God has taken that passion from making a million dollars. I think it would go something like this. It would be more like, I want to give away a million dollars to advance the kingdom of God. Yeah. That's what God does. He changes us from greedy to generous. He changes us from proud to humble. He changes us from thinking only about ourselves to thinking about others. He teaches us to love and to forgive. The antithesis of this, of all these things, right? The next one, um, magazine, Cosmo, right? Cosmopolitan. I'm not, don't get me wrong. If you read these magazines, like I'm not saying it. Or no, there you go, Vogue, sorry. Vogue, right? What's in vogue? What's in fashion? Um, because that's what our culture, sorry, that's what our culture shares, you know. Um, it, it's all about fame. It's all about fortune. It, it's, all, it's all about, um, you know, just, you know, our, our, our fleshly desires. 
And that's what these magazines, that's what these shows, that's what a lot of our, our social media feeds, that's what they promote, right? And, uh, you know, it's really interesting. I was thinking about that, that magazine cover, or, or the, the name of the magazine, you know, Cosmopolitan. Um, actually, the Greek word cosmos, cosmos, it means the world. But let me give you the definition of that. It means the ungodly multitude, the whole mass of men alienated from God, therefore hostile to the cause of Christ. World affairs, the aggregate of things earthly, the whole circle of earthly goods, endowments, riches, advantages, pleasures, which although hollow and frail and fleeting, still desire, seduce from God, and are obstacles to the cause of Christ. So what happens is, this is what I've noticed. You know that principle, whatever you take in, that's what comes out. Whatever you're filling yourself with, that's what comes out of you, right? And so, again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, to, if you read magazines, like it's not, it's not, I'm not saying that's a sin. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, what do I fill myself with? What am I watching? What am I listening to? What am I looking at? What am I reading? What am I filling myself with? Because that's what's going to come out of me, Right? And um, honestly, for the last probably 20 years, I've been filling myself with God. I've been filling myself with his, his word and with his love. And, um, and, and don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect. Don't put, any, don't put Jeff, don't put me, don't put any of us who are up here, Jeremy, don't put us on a platform. That's not what it's about. It's about, I'm, I'm just here encouraging you. I'm going, fill yourself with God's word. Because guess what? In a crunch, that's what's going to come out of you. You know? When God's word comes in and I allow it to have its way in me, that's what comes out. And um, so anyway, let's go on to the, uh, to the next section of this, of this scripture. Um, the last thing I just want to say about that section of scripture is it says, stay away from people who are religious, but they don't allow God's power to work in them. And, and I think that's really interesting because I feel like really what we want to happen we don't want to be religious. We don't want to just come to church and hear the gospel and then go, oh, yeah, you know, and then go off and live our lives and not let God's word, not let the power of the Holy Spirit actually change us. You know, to me, one of the saddest things I've ever seen is a Christian who's been a believer for 20, 30, 40 years, and they're still the same. That's so sad to me. It's like a baby who never grows, you know? And, and what is it that makes you grow? God's word. It's milk. It's meat. It's bread. It gives you life. It gives you wisdom. 
People are looking for a little pill to help them. People are looking for the, the secret of life. It's right here. This is it. We have it. Dust it off. Read it. Put it in your heart. Allow it to, to mess up your world. All right, verse six. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and with confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with guilt and of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new te teachings, but they're never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses. They have depraved, depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday, everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janus and Jambres. And so now you see Paul letting Timothy know, hey, watch out for guys like this. Watch out for guys who would try to deceive women. And, and, and fill them with these deceptive teachings. And always when I, when I read this section, I get this picture of a, of a sieve, you know, it's like, um, or a colander, like when you're, you're draining your pasta. And I feel like that's kind of what this is. It's like, here's these women who have been deceived by these men, and, and they can never learn. They, they, it's like, it's like a, it just goes to waste. It just goes right through the holes, right? And so, um, Paul is telling Timothy, hey, don't be like th these guys. Don't be like Janus and Jambres, who um, they were opposing Moses. They were opposing the man of God. And something that I, I, um, I was thinking about is, you know, how many of you like to watch like or read like a, a classic piece of literature or, you know, a novel, you know? And, and, there, and a lot of times when, you know, when you watch these kind of movies, one of the themes in it is good against evil. I mean, think about it, like Star Wars, Lord, Lord of the Rings. There's so many movies that, and, and they draw our hearts in because we're over there and we're cheering for the good guys, yay! And we're jeering for the bad guys, right? Like, boo! And what I want to show you right now is a slide um, where I've put together, I just went through these two chapters of Scripture, and I wanted to show you the faithful and the unfaithful. Now, this is a list of people in this book, and Paul would call these, these are the good guys, these are the white hats. My, the grandmother, Lois, who shared the faith with Timothy. His mother, Eunice. Onesiphorus, who visited and encouraged Paul. Crescens and Titus and Luke. Paul, who was helpful to Paul's ministry. Tychicus, who was a co-worker. Priscilla, Aquila, Erastus, Eubulus, Pudens, Linus, Claudia. A lot of these names are, are mentioned in next week. Um, the person who shares next week will go through a lot of these, these names. These are the heroes. It reminds me of like uh, Hebrews chapter 11. There's a whole, you know, hall of faith. These are the heroes of our faith. These are the good guys. Yay for these guys, right? Now look at the, the bad guys. This is the unfaithful. 
Hymenaeus, he was a blasphemer. Alexander, a blasphemer. That means they spoke evilly against God. There was Janus and Jambres, who we just read about. They opposed the truth. They were against the truth. There was Demas. He was infamous for deserting Paul because he loved the world more than God. And then Alexander, the coppersmith, he did a lot of harm to Paul. And so Paul mentions all these people in these sections of scripture. He's like, and, and this is what I love about God's word. God gives us, he's like, he gives us examples. Here's what not to do. Here's what to do. Here's how to live. Here's how not to live, you know? Don't be like these guys, be like these guys. And that's really helpful. Let's go to the next section. This is, um, now we're going to get to the fun part. In, in this section, uh, in verse 10, now Paul is going to charge Timothy. And he's basically giving, now he's going, this is what I want you to do, son. As you carry, as you carry the torch, this is what I want you to do. So listen to Paul's charge to Timothy, verse 10. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. So here, here Paul is, is letting Timothy know, you know what? You and I, we, we work together, we walk together, we minister together. You know my heart. You've seen my life. You've seen how I suffered persecution. And you can read all about it in the book of Acts. As a matter of fact, Paul knows what it's like to suffer for the gospel. I mean, after all, the Jews ran him out of town time and time again. He was stoned almost to death in one of those occasions. And so Paul shared with Timothy, and then Timothy saw firsthand how this man gave his life to minister to the churches, to establish churches all over the Roman Empire. God, uh, Timothy was perfectly aware of who Paul was and what he stood for. And so Paul's saying, Timothy, you know who I am, you know how I've lived, follow my example. Be the same kind of man of integrity, the same kind of man who's committed to suffering and, and even to being persecuted for all for the advancement of God's kingdom on the earth. And the thing that I took away from this section, and I know it's something that I practice in my own life, and so I want to share it with you. I want to encourage you, if, you, if you're a young person, Find someone a few years older than you that could be a mentor to you. And even if you're an older person, I have someone right now in my life who mentors me. They're older than me. They've gone ahead. And, and, and they, they, when I go to them and I ask for counsel and wisdom, they, they, they give me such wise counsel. They pray for me. 
They hold me accountable. They speak truth to me. They speak life to me. And, and I want to encourage you, get a mentor. Get someone that you're walking with, someone that will help you, someone who's ahead of you. Because that's what Paul was to Timothy. He was a mentor. He was a father to him. And we all need people like that in our lives. It's so helpful. And I would highly encourage that. Let's read the last section, which is kind of what I've been trying to get to all morning. But save the best for last. Verse 14. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it, uses it to prepare and equip the people to do every good work. I remember I was in, um, I was in Mexico um, and uh, this, this scripture was actually a song. I won't sing it for you because I don't sing as bad as Jeff, but um, <laughs> Tara's never invited me onto the worship team. But, um, you know, all scripture, I learned it a different way. All scripture is God-breathed. It's profitable for teaching and correction. You know, it, 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 God's word is, is powerful in our life, but we, we need to allow it to have its way in us. And sometimes we just glance at it, or sometimes we're just like, oh, you know, I'm too busy, or what? I don't know. I don't know what our excuse is. But, but the thing is, the thing is, I love this because you see, and I've been thinking a lot about this, you see the legacy here. You have a grandmother because apparently Timothy, his, um, his mother was Jewish and his father was a Greek, okay? And so his, on, his, on his mother's side, his grandmother taught him the scriptures. And that, that would be like the, the Old Testament because all the, the Jewish boys... They grew up, and they actually had to memorize the first five books of the Bible, a lot of them, before they reached like their thir you know, 13 or something when they had their bar mitzvah or whatever. And so anyway, Timothy, he, he was taught the Holy Scriptures from his, from his childhood. And I want to encourage you, if you have children, teach them the Word of God. That, that will have so much value in their lives. Teach them God's word. And, um, and then he says, not only, you know, did your, your grandma and your, your, your mom, you know, give you faith, what, which actually made you wise to choose salvation, but I have been teaching you. I, Paul, have been teaching you God's word. I have been depositing truth into you all these years that we've been running together in the ministry. And, and so he's like, take God's word you know, and eventually, I mean, so basically, I love what it says here. It says, all scripture is inspired by God. In another translation, it says it's God's breath. 
God breathed the scripture out. Do you realize the creative power in God's breath? Do you realize that when, 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 when God formed Adam, it says he breathed into Adam the breath of life? Like that, that this is God's breath. He wants to breathe life into you through his word. You know, I was thinking about, you know, when you're a little kid and, and you make those volcanoes, and you know how you pour like some baking soda and then you do the vinegar and then it explodes? I'm gonna tell you what happens. When you have God's word and you have the power of the Holy Spirit and when you mix those together, it creates an explosion in your life. And that's what God is inviting you into, allowing God's word to come alive in you and to teach you, and to train you, and correct you, and heal you. And, and so, and again, the reason I'm sharing these things with you is because it's something I've experienced in my life. I go, wow, like, you know, you, you, you just read certain things, and you're just like, whoa, like, that is incredible, you know, and you know, Matthew 4, 4, it says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When God speaks, hope comes. When God speaks, salvation comes. When God speaks, there is creative things that happen. Because God created the entire universe by the power of his word out of nothing. When God speaks, things happen. And God wants to speak to you through his word. Not just his word, but through his word. is one of the ways that he speaks. But you got to come. And I love this morning in our prayer meeting. It was so sweet. Um, we had prayer before service. And, and someone shared about, about Mary sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him. Hang, it says she hung on every word. She was so hungry to hear what he wanted to say. That's the posture. We want to sit at his feet. We want to hear, what, what are you saying to me? What do you want to do in my life, in my heart? What do you want to do in my family? What do you want to do in my job? What, what are you saying to me? What do you want to teach me? How do you want to change the way I'm thinking about a certain person or a certain situation? And you sit at Jesus' feet and you allow him to speak to you. Allow him to teach you. We have the Holy Spirit. He's the teacher. He teaches us the things that we need to know. And the thing that I realized about, about this is that the Word of God, it trains us. It equips us. That's why when we took those young people down in Mexico and we started teaching them to read the Word and we started teaching them to pray and to intercede and to and to worship God. And I'm not talking about just, you know, like worshiping God a little bit. I'm talking about like worshiping God with everything you are and everything you have. Because when you do that, it changes you. 
You begin to believe that God is all-powerful and he's all-knowing and that for, for God there's nothing impossible. And so I believe, church, today that God is going, stir the gifts that are within you. It's time to fan into flame. Fan into flame the gifts that are in you. And I was sharing with some people just recently, I think we were doing a Spanish Bible study at, at Veronica's, and I was saying, so thankful that I took the time when I was down in Mexico to really I spent all the time just memorizing the word and praying the word and just doing all this stuff. And I, re I really, it, it really like took root in my heart. And I'm super thankful for that because um, I'm not, it, it, it doesn't come as easy to me. I'll just put it that way as it used to when I was younger. But it's there. It's like I can tap into it. And you know, so like when I'm praying for someone, you know, and it, it came up last week, I, praying for someone and they're like, you know, I'm afraid. I have fear. Guess what I pray over them? God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And that's the power of the word. Because you see, you know the truth. And, and, and fear is not our portion. Love is our portion. And it's his perfect love that casts out fear. He doesn't want us living in fear. He wants us living in his perfect love. God's word, it's, it's, oh, it's so powerful, so beautiful. And I just want to encourage you, if you're not someone who... who who reads the word daily, I want to encourage you to, to make it a habit, to make it a lifestyle, because it will change you. And, and here's the other thing that I just want to say about all that is that God is equipping and he's preparing you for good work. You see, maybe there's someone at your job that needs to know the love of God. Maybe there's someone at your job that needs some healing and you need to pray for them. Maybe there's someone, you know, in your family that needs something and God wants to give it to you so you can give it to them. Amen. He's training and equipping you for every good work. And, I, I, you know, I was talking to someone this, this week um, and they said a couple things that really profoundly struck me. One of them was that you are unique, and I know we all know this, right? You know, we all have different fingerprints, and we're like snowflakes, you know? No one is the same. Every single one of us is different. Every single one of us have good works that we were prepared beforehand to walk in. No one can walk in the good works that you're supposed to walk in. And guess what? If you don't do the good works that he's created you to walk in, there's not someone else. I mean, I, yeah, of course God can do it, you know, but there are some things that God wants to do in your life that you'd be astounded by if you, you would let him speak to you and you would let him say, yeah, I want you to go here and I want you to do this. I'm going to give you a song. I'm going to give you a movie. You know, um, maybe if you're young, you're going to play a sport for my glory. I don't even know. But there's so many good works that he has that he wants us to walk in. The second thing he said is, 
He was talking about the persecuted church in China. You know, it's illegal in China to have a copy of this. Why do you think that is? Why would the Chinese government outlaw this? Fear. Because maybe they have an inkling of the power that's contained in this word. So guess what the Chinese church does? They take a Bible. Mine's a, here, you take this. Just this page right here. This is your page. Memorize it whole thing and then throw it away and then here you take this piece and here you take this piece and then we all come together who has Ephesians chapter 1 who has Ephesians chapter 2 okay here you go Ephesians 1 Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2. And they share and what this man was sharing with me he said do you know that this one person just had that one chapter of the Bible for like five years that they memorized it changed them. Just meditating on that word, it changed them. God's word, it's powerful. Amen. It's beautiful. It gives you wisdom. I want to um, share another, yeah, this, this is Billy Graham again. It says, I learned the importance of the Bible and came to believe with all my heart in its full inspiration. It became a sword in my hand to break open the hearts of men to direct them to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you know this, but Billy Graham reached a moment in his life where his contemporaries were saying, God's word, not all of it is God-inspired, God-breathed. Some of it is, you know, like some of those miracles, eh, I don't know about all that, you know, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's an exaggeration or whatever. But the day that Billy Graham said, no, God's word is true. It is the authority of my life. I believe every single one, every single word of it. The day that he made that decision in his life, his ministry exploded. His influence exploded. He has spoken into the hearts and the lives of presidents and dignitaries all over this world. Why? Because God's word gave him wisdom. And God's word gave him the ability to break open the hearts of men. He preached the gospel with power and millions came to Christ. And so I want to invite you, just like Billy Graham did, to choose to take this word as a sword and to begin to use it in your life. It will make you powerful. It will make you wise. It is more valuable than gold. It is sweeter than honey on a honeycomb. And you know, I was, um, yeah, I was thinking about it, you know, like, you know, you, even when you look, when you look in the, um, when you look in the Bible, you know, like Psalm 1, it says, meditate on my word day and night, and you will prosper. You'll be successful in everything you do. He told Joshua before he went into the good land, meditate on my word day and night. And the last thing I want to tell you about is there, there was this king, and his name was Josiah, and I was thinking this this morning. Who knows if my son will go for it, but I was like, man, 
if I have a grandson, I'm trying to convince my son to name it Josiah. And I love that guy. <sighs> King Josiah was a young man when he took the throne. And the condition of his nation was horrible. Just like the first part of that scripture. They were worshiping idols. The temple was full of, I mean, it was just, it was disgusting. The condition of the nation at that time. And Josiah came in and he started cleaning up the mess. He started burning the false prophet's bones on the altar. He started tearing down all the high places. He said, it's time for this nation to dip back in line with God and what he wants. And in that process, they were digging through the temple and they came across the book of the law. And they found it and they brought it to the king and they said, King, look what we found. And they read it to him and he tore his clothes. He's like, oh no, we have not done anything that God told us to do here in this scripture. And he started mourning. And then he said, gather the people, gather the people, gather the people. And then they went and they read the book of the law before all the congregation of Israel. And the people wept. They were there for hours listening to God's word. And then Josiah said, let's make a renew our covenant with God today. And revival broke out. And the nation of Israel changed because of that young king and what he did. And I believe that God is calling us to be the answer for our nation. He's calling us to take the sword of the spirit, which is his word, and to use it to fight the good fight. And I'm not talking about hurting people. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about speaking truth and life and decrees over our nation. I'm talking about praying and releasing words that come from this word to bring the change that our nation and the nations of the earth so desperately need. And I want to finish with this. I know it's a little bit late, but this is my last thing. This is, these are strategies that I've taken from this from this section very quick i'll just go strategies for fighting the good fight guard the precious truth entrusted in you to you by the power of the spirit who lives in you live to please the, please the officer who enlisted you stop fighting and arguing all who belong to the lord turn from evil keep yourself pure useful to the master for every good work find a mentor and allow god's word to have its way in you Use it skillfully to fight the good fight and fulfill your purpose. And if you're here today and you have never received Jesus into your heart, that's the first step. Because Jesus was the word of God and he became flesh. And so I invite you, if you've never received Jesus, Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for raising from the dead. I believe in you. I give my heart to you. Come and fill me with your spirit and help me to live the life you created me to live. Help me to take your word into my heart and change me. In Jesus' name, amen.